Hi everyone and welcome to Narratives of Purpose podcast, a place where we discuss how ordinary people are making extraordinary social impact. My name is Claire Marie Gandhi and I am your host on this show. My guest on this episode is David Fiorucci. David is the founder of LP3 Leadership. He is also the co-author of the book Leader for a Sustainable Economy. Today we speak about his vision and the essence of leadership with the approach he developed over the course of 20 years to support and enhance individual performance, team performance, as well as performance of whole organizations. I am really glad to share this conversation with you, so let's get started. So hi David, welcome to the podcast. Hello Claire. Thanks a lot for accepting my invitation. It's a pleasure to do this interview with you. How are you feeling today? Yeah, yeah, I feel good. Even if the weather is not splendid, I am on vacation with my family and we are going to the Grison this afternoon. Great, nice to hear. So let me start by a few words of introduction on your background. You founded LP3 Leadership five years ago, but before that you were already working uh, at different companies, including some big corporates as the head of uh, training and learning and development. And recently, a year ago, you joined the AVZ, which is the University of Applied Sciences and Business Administration here in Zurich. Uh, you joined them for their executive MBA program as the head of the leadership module. And actually, that is how we got to know each other, because I am part of the first cohort of this program. I just want to point out this, that when you gave your lectures with us this um, past few months, I was really struck by the way that you run your trainings and your workshop, because it's quite, I would say, unconventional, but really, really effective. And for me, it really resonated because I have been for a very long time a strong advocate of less is more. And I've always encouraged um, the people I worked with and the teams that I had, tell a story whenever you're presenting something or you're talking about something and forget about the slides. And I think this is also a bit part of LP3 leadership. But before we dive into that, my very, very first question is, what has actually led you to create LP3 leadership? More than 20 years ago, at the beginning of my career, I was already an executive in the industry and had teams that I managed. At that time, I took leadership trainings where I got to know trainers and leadership models. When I tried to apply what I had learned the next day, my colleagues often told me, oh, you went to a course yesterday? Or it's all very well what you say, but it's only theory. It has nothing to do with our practice. Or even worse, we've always done it this way. Why do we have to change? That's when I realized that there must be a way to get everybody to buy into the process and to make a real impact. So I understood three things. First of all, that everyone must understood. It's a common language, common understanding so that they can adhere. Secondly, that it is necessary to be consistent or current and congruent. 
Consistent means ensuring that at all levels the message is understood and is the same. For example, everyone should be able to formulate their personal contribution to the company's vision. Congruent means ensuring not only that communication is consistent, but also that staff development and tools and processes are aligned and consistent with each other. And finally, the third point, that it is necessary to be as simple as possible and thus awaken positive emotions. These three points are a kind of checklist to take into account in what you do. That's why I started to ask employees the question, what makes a good boss? And that's also why I drew. You have seen my flip charts. I have, for example, gave my course four days in the EMBA digital leadership without using the Beamer. Exactly. That's, that's my point. You know, you, you, did, you did the whole program without using a Beamer and only by drawing. And what I also found effective and also appealing is that you engage with us and it gave a, a new aspect. You know, we were not just sitting there and listening to a lecture, but we were actively participating. And the way you do it and brings back the three points that you just mentioned, you know, that everybody must have the same understanding that there is a necessity to be coherent and congruent and to be as simple as possible. So as soon as everybody has the same understanding, it's like we're all moving in the same direction. And for me, it was really positively striking to have this, uh, this impression, actually. And the flip chart beside me is as, as a person, and it also gives the possibility to engage people more than a screen on the back of the room. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely, I agree with that. Now, so I did mention in the beginning that and you were already working in different companies, and then you, you founded LP3 Leadership. So you basically moved from corporate world to the entrepreneurial world. Now, I'm curious to know, um, how was that transition? You will find it hard to believe me, but it hasn't been a big change. Indeed, I have always had an entrepreneurial spirit and above all, I have guided my teams and departments like a small business. Whether at Swiss Post, where I managed training and new media at group level, or at Swiss Life, where I was in charge of the learning and development department, we were a company within the company. On the other hand, I knew that I was going to go into business on my own, that I was going to set up LP3 LTD. This was in my plans from the beginning, and the companies I worked for knew it. I wanted to make sure that everything I had created and developed would work. That's why I applied them in all the companies I worked for the 25 years before becoming self-employed. Only after proving that everything works, did I start my own business. So I had concrete business cases. This makes it much easier to succeed in the future. Ah, that's very interesting. So you kind of, if I understood correctly, you kind of used the, the companies you were working at before as a sort of incubator, or, or I would say, like in a lab, you know, because I worked in a lab for a while, like you're doing your experimentation to see if it works, 
And once you knew it was working, you could say, okay, now I'm doing it on my own, right? Yeah, exactly. Very interesting approach, yeah. So now let's talk about LP3 leadership itself. So what is the purpose exactly? And what makes your approach unique if I compare it to other um, companies working in the same environment? Yeah, I wish to contribute to a better world, to a sustainable economy. To achieve this, the level of leadership is essential. If you read what is written in the back of our book, Leader for a Sustainable Economy, you will see that I ask the question, can one individual alone make the world a better place? Can any single individual contribute to making the world a better place? Personally, it has been on my mind for years. If I consider my children, our world and our economy, one conclusion is obvious. I cannot only contribute to it, but I have a duty to do so. This is why I created LP3 LTD. So I deploy and share my knowledge with clients, partners, licensed trainers, who in turn will deploy it and so on. And to find out what this approach, what's different about LP3, just read one's testimonials. It is simple, concrete, practical approach, and above all, it's a common language, a common understanding. And not just uh, any understanding, that of the collaborator's base. Moreover, if I may say it so strongly, it is a translation tool that makes all the elements, tools and principles that company and organization already have coherent and understandable. So it's not a new model. I insist on this point. It is an integrating tool. So on one hand, the purpose of LP3 is basically the purpose of your life in one sense, right? Because you're asking the question, how can one individual alone make the world a better place? And this is what you have given yourself as, as a purpose in your life, right? That's right. I am 100% committed to it. It's my vision and it makes my job easier. And, and the other thing I also get here why you say your approach is unique is that you insist that it's not a new model. You didn't invent or define something new, but you're actually bringing it in a different way, which is integrated. It is the language of the people of the base. I have, in fact, asked more than 70,000 people what they expect from a good leader. These people came from different companies in size, field, region, and were of different ages, gender, and profession. What is tricking is that they all expect the same thing. These are the nine dimensions of LP3, in fact, the essence of leadership. Really fascinating, yeah. What I'd like to know is that you work with different companies. Do you have some highlights you want to share or some specific um, testimonial on how your program has impacted the people you work with? As mentioned before, this brings a common language, common understanding, coherence and congruence. But to be even more concrete, I propose to read what the CEOs of Swiss Life and Vaudras has written. Why these two examples? To illustrate what I said before. I applied LP3 at Swiss Life as an employee and I applied LP3 at the Vaudras as an independent contractor. Since 2016, I have been training all Vaudras insurance executives. 
Here a brief summary of what Ivo Fuhr and Philipp Beisen wrote. I'm wrongly reading an expert. Ivo Fuhr, Swiss Life. Thanks to this model, we at Swiss Life have all become closer together and mutual trust has grown. And this is reflected in concrete terms. Swiss Life Switzerland has never had a better and more successful year than 2014. Philippe Beisen, Vaudoise. LP3 is a method that provides concrete and relevant tools for mastering everyday life, but also makes it possible to be ready to face future challenge with confidence. This approach is simple. It gives pleasure and releases energy. It contributes to satisfaction of the employee and corresponds fully to our way of working, human and close. Wow, that's really um, nice testimonials. So what I hear and what stands out to me in, the, in these examples is that the tool that you're working with focuses on the people at every level, right? And this seems to be like the, the driving force of the success of these companies. Is that correct? Yeah, the people is in the center of uh, this approach. And also, if we are speaking about uh, transformation, change and so, and also digital uh, transformation, people are the most important element. Yeah, so this, this actually goes to show again that the number one asset of any organization is the people. It's just another proof of it, yeah. right? As long as you focus on them and, and you work with them towards transformation, you're being, you know, simple. They understand what you're talking about. So you have the same level of understanding. You've repeated that several times. And that you have coherence and congruence. People are in the same boat and they know where they're going. I have just this question. Have you had... I would say requests to work in other countries, perhaps, or are you only focusing right now in, with companies in Switzerland? We are in a lot of different uh, countries. <clears throat> I have an MP3 hub in Germany with five trainers there. Okay. I have partners in Belgium, uh, France, America, South Africa, and I don't go myself there. I want to have trainers uh, uh, there. And we have customers in Germany, French, uh, Switzerland, of course, but also in uh, Belgium, Holland. Yeah, I was asking because the more I was listening and, and it was just obvious for me that basically this, this is like a method or a tool that can be applied to virtually any organization, any industry, right? In every type of company and uh, every size also. And that's why I said it's a common language. It's not my language. It's the language of the people, mm -hmm. of the bottom. So my, my next question is, is kind of an obvious question, I would say, because we have all been confronted with, um, with this pandemic this year. And I wanted to know how, how has that impacted your work so far? This year, obviously, has impacted LP3's activities. Indeed, in the first containment, 90% of clients postponed their mandates. For me, this was a stroke of luck. It may seem a paradox, but it's a fact. In fact, since LP3 works very well, I was full with mandates, so I didn't have enough time to develop new things. Thanks to these mandate postponements, I had time for myself, my family, and to develop new products and partnerships. For example, the tool LP3 Momentum 
to calculate the transformation index of a company or a partnership with a Zurich startup, Florister, to strengthen the transfer of trainings, their impact and the follow-up of uh, after trainings. There is one thing I need to clarify that is important to me. I was able to do this and above all not go into crisis mode because I had reserves. This is the message I want to give to new entrepreneurs. Have reserves. Since the beginning, I put 50% of the profits in the reserve and the remaining 50% was divided in two parts of 25%. 25% have been reinvested in the company and 25% can be distributed as a bonus or premium to the employees. A healthy company should, in my opinion, have 6 to 12 months of reserves to ensure its sustainability in case of crisis. So you're really advocating for um, anticipating a potential crisis and make sure in whatever you earn, you put some of it uh, on the side. This leads me to another question. Through this change, through the COVID, a lot of um, businesses have had quite a challenging time. And what would be you know, your advice? What do you think companies need to, to focus on in the way they work moving, moving forward? You know? What needs to be their, their focus so they can be successful in managing through change? Indeed. The situation has been difficult for many companies, especially for SMEs in certain fields. Confinements, home office and the pronounced use of video conferencing tools have had an effect of, on people's physical and psychological health. For example, workplaces at home are less ergonomic than at work. Working conditions are thus often worse not only because children play next door or the dog barks behind. So my first piece of advice would be to take into account in the case of teleworking the private workplace and to make sure as an employer that it is also at the employee's home. The second observation I made, which worries me even more, is that employees who work from home often felt that their boss was even less interested in them than before, that he took less trouble and that he was easier for him. My second piece of advice for superiors is that teleworking implies even more involvement on their part. There needs to be better communication, better coordination and more mental presence. Finally, the last point I want to uh, mention is that people need contact. How many people have told me that they are happy to see their colleagues again, to be able to return to work? We are social beings. We need contact, interaction to develop. That's why my last piece of advice is to have a mixed approach where the face-to-face -face interaction also has its place. For example, two days at home and three days at the office. The same goes for transversal projects. Arrange for people to meet and get to know each other at the beginning of the projects. Yeah, no, I agree with you. The personal contact has really a big effect because, you know, if, if you start working with people and you have never met them before, it's a bit difficult through a screen, right? Because there's just so much more you can read by, by being in front of a person. 
than just being uh, <laughs> in front of the screen. Now, if I kind of look back at yeah, your whole journey and your whole career, you've obviously had a lot of impact now with your company and, and you know, you're growing and you're working with people from different countries. What has been for you the, the major learning that transformed you personally throughout your career? There have been many situations in my life, both privately and professionally, that have had an impact on me. To name a few without going into details, suicide of a team member, brain tumor of one of my children, crisis in the couple or health problems. I think that everyone, whether you are the CEO of a large company or cleaning offices, has to face difficult times. For me, the most important things are personal values, a strong personal vision, the meaning of one's life, one's work, and the ability to question oneself. As Adam Grant says, a good leader is a humble narcissist. You have to know your strengths and be proud of them while remaining humble. Oh, I didn't know that quote. A good leader is a humble narcissist. Very interesting. I'll make sure to keep that in mind. So are you a humble narcissist, if I may ask? <laughs> yes, I have both sides in me, I think. Indeed, I know my strengths and I use them consciously. On the other hand, I also know my weaknesses and I can take a step back from others and let them on the podium. It's great to have people who are better than you, so you can delegate and focus on your strengths. So I would like to ask some more personal questions right now. Towards the end of each uh, episode, what I do is I like to kind of get a sneak peek into the playlist of my guests because those who know me know that the mu music is kind of my sweet spot. I've always learned to, to know new musics or new artists and bands by knowing what other people were listening to. So now I have three short questions for you. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, so the first one is, what are you listening to nonstop these days? Is there a song or an artist that you're listening to constantly? There is not a song that I listen to over and over again. It's more depending on the moment. My tastes are quite eclectic. I like classical music as much as techno, jazz, Gregorian song or pop and rock. A song that I listen to a little more often would be Children by Robert Miles. Question two, do you have a particular song or artist that has resonated with you at a specific time in your life? Yes, several. When I lived in Neuchâtel between the ages of 25 and 30, I often went out at weekends with friends and we often listened to Robert Smiles' children to get us into the swing of things. Sting accompanied me throughout my youth. I also saw him in concert in Zurich. Shape of My Heart is one of the most beautiful songs and it is especially the final song of the film Léon by Luc Besson with Natalie Portman and Jean Reno as lead performers. Depeche Mode also accompanied me in my adolescence. One of my favorite songs is Shake the Disease. And finally, Pascal Obispo, it's a, fr a French songwriter, was with me as soon as we came to live in German Switzerland. My children often heard his songs when they were with me, especially the song Fan, which I listened 
to very often. Question three and last question. What is your all-time favorite album that you would absolutely recommend? If there is one. There are several here as well. First of all, I will mention Sting with his album The Summoner's Tales. Sting is a committed, positive person and his lyrics are of great beauty and strength. Then I would like to mention two films. On the one hand, Schindler's List, whose soundtrack was composed by John Williams. It is one of the films and one of the music that touched me the most, moved me. It's impressive to see what a person can do in a positive way. The second film is Inception, with the title Times by Hans Zimmer. I have a very special connection to this film. Indeed, the spinning top that Leonardo DiCaprio uses in the film has become one of the key symbols of my company LP3 LTD. To be in balance, you have to keep moving. Wonderful. Quite an eclectic choice there, I have to say. I'll make sure that all this great music you just shared is listed in the show notes and that links are available for listeners who are curious to discover. So, David, thank you so much. It's really been nice talking to you today. It was a pleasure. I'll give you the final word. We have to be confident. We need each other and we need contact with other people. Also in this COVID or Corona crisis, I'm confident because I think people are great. And with great people, we can go a long way together. Wow, beautiful. Thank you so much. On this great note, I will wish you a great rest of your day and a safe travel. Thank you very much. And I hope to talk to you soon again. Bye, Claire. That was episode four, a conversation with David Fiorucci. David is an amazing person with a strong mission and purpose in life. Can one individual alone contribute to make the world a better place? David shows us his example and how he works every day towards this goal. In case you wish to learn more about the LP3 model, I recommend the book Leader for a Sustainable Economy. This book is about empowering individuals to build a foundation of trust and safety where employees are engaged and perform well. Thank you for tuning in today and listening to the episode. I really appreciate you taking the time. You'll find all the links and relevant information to this episode on the podcast page. Here is the reference. narratives of purpose.podcastpage.io Until the next episode, take care of yourselves, stay well and stay inspired.